It's after midnight and my mind can't seem to slow down while there's nervous energy flooding my body. Usually when this happens, taking a walk does me justice. I don't know, there's just something about taking in the sights and sounds of my environment that acts as the perfect background music to my thoughts. I can pace my hyperactive thoughts to the cricket sounds near the shrub or block out the antagonizing ones with conversations of people who walk past me. More often than not, encouraging thoughts bubble up to pacify me when I sit close to the gurgling of a river, lake, or even the gushing of waves by the sea. I think I want to take a walk to the river. Welcome everyone to Midnight with me, Maya Janelle. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. The last time we spoke, I talked about feelings of disappointment and how I was working through my anxiety. Update, I feel better. I have a new goal in front of me that I'm working towards, which makes me shift my focus to something more positive. During that process of picking myself up, essentially, I noticed how much excitement swirled within me at the thought of a new adventure. So tonight, I'd like to share some of my thoughts with you. Be sure to follow me on my social media, Instagram and Twitter, both of which are at Maya Janelle, so you can tell me what you think. I'll have questions throughout the episode and I would love to hear from you. Now that that's done, I did say I'd like to go to the river. Care to take a walk with me? Hey, let me lock up first and then we can head out. It's like we're going on an adventure with no destination in mind, letting our feet decide which direction to take. Except we do have one because I, I did say I want to sit by the river. Maybe we can just wander around next time. <laughs> you know, it's funny how an adventure is defined. An exciting or very unusual experience. But adventuring can be defined as to take the risk involved. Do you think adventures involve risk? That the exciting experience would be insignificant if there weren't risk involved. I don't know. When I think of adventure and what it means to me, there's been like major and minor adventures in my life. When I was, what was it, 18 and I traveled by myself for the first time to another country and no, I was 17, I think actually. Yeah, I was 17 and 
think I want to, where did I go to? Ah, I went to the Dominican Republic for the first time by myself. Well, not really by myself. I was meeting a group, but I left home by myself and nobody really traveled with me. But I met a met up with a group at the, I think in Florida, and then we went to travel on to the Dominican Republic. But essentially, the people I met up with, they were strangers. And so it's different when you're traveling with strangers and you're traveling with someone you know, like a friend or family member. So that was a unique experience for me because one, Though I'd been out of the country, can we call Canada? I mean, Canada is another country. <laughs> it, it's, it's, yeah, it's another country being from the U.S., but um, a completely different country where they speak, like their national language is, is not English. That was different. It was cool. It wasn't that long of a trip. It was only, what, maybe 10 days? Hmm, I don't even think it was 10 days. Maybe, maybe a week? I don't know. It wasn't that long, but I learned a lot about people and a lot about being by myself and what I thought was my reality and what... I, I got to see what other people's realities were. <laughs> so that was that was very interesting. It's been a while since I've been 17. So <laughs> the experience, I, I can only like recall certain highlights of that adventure. But it was an adventure because there were risks involved, honestly. I think that when... I was faced with seeing how I viewed myself and how other people viewed me and how I viewed the privileges that I grew up with that I didn't even realize were privileges. I just thought they were normal. Again, going back to other people's realities versus my reality. And so it made me be more appreciative of what I have, which usually traveling to different countries, that, that can do, it can do that, right? Not only um, appreciative, but I realized there was more out there than what I initially thought. There was this unique, when I remember the people that I met in the Dominican Republic, even if people weren't living this luxurious lifestyle, not like I live in a luxurious lifestyle, let's be honest, but, you know, there were still those moments of happiness. I mean, hey, who, would, who wouldn't be happy if they lived by a beach that likes really, that's readily available? But that's just my opinion. I don't know how, because I don't live by a beach, <laughs> but I wish I did. But that's okay. I can travel to a beach. We can do that. Let's do that one night. Let's just go to a beach. But anyway. Yeah, so 
um, I was faced with, I think, now that I'm thinking about it, every time I did major traveling, not even major traveling, but just traveling in general, I was constantly faced with how I viewed myself and how I viewed other people and how I viewed life. I went to Dominican Republic. It was a mission trip. And when I was 17 and then 18, I went to Haiti. And um, that was around the time where they had the very destructive earthquakes. So this the country itself was rebuilding itself. And so, again, that made me put in perspective and put in perspective what was important in life. That was a whole experience that I'll, I'll talk about later. <laughs> Not right now because... I think, like, the excitement, that was still, like, it was a couple of years ago. Um, so the more fresh excitement of, like, a new adventure was more when I actually went to travel by myself for the first time. Uh, first couple of times. It was, like, two. Anyways. <laughs> I studied abroad um, my last year of university to South Korea and that ooh, that was a milestone that was definitely a milestone because one I spent more time away from home than I've ever had in my life I spent about like close to five months in Korea and when I say I went by myself wow I really did go by myself and like I traveled by myself and I stayed places like I stayed by myself until like the semester started and then of course I had a roommate but it was still when I say I didn't know anybody and I had to make friends, that was, that was so crazy because the whole experience, I think that's, I mean, I can talk about later, like my study abroad experience, but the, the days leading up to, to actually going on the adventure and then <laughs> the adventure, yeah, the adventure, and then how I felt when I made it to my destination, I feel like it's important because I was so excited to go. I was so excited. I had been researching and interested in going to Korea for, when did I go to Korea, 2017? So for four years before, I'd always been interested, you know, like I think when I was 18, that's when I like really started getting into Korean culture. And then I was like, hey, the best way to know more about everything that I'm interested in is to go. 
And so then I went to college and I, it was always in the back of my head that I was going to go. Like, I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I was going to go. And then my last year, I made it happen. But once I, like, secured all my documents, like, I, I turned in all my documents, everything was going. It was happening. I was going, and I, I paid for my plane ticket. That was amazing because I paid for a one-way ticket. And that in itself made me feel like it left an impression on me that, wow, it's not that I wasn't coming back because I had to, because I had to finish college, obviously. I had to graduate. It was a one-way ticket, and I was going to be exposed to new, new everything, a new surrounding and a new culture and new types of people, like new societies and stuff like that. Well, a new society. And I was so excited. And I was working my butt off too. So I was working very hard. And the only thing that was keeping me going was the fact that I was going on this new adventure, right? So it meant so much to me that I really did not think about not liking my experience, like not, not, I wasn't, let me say this, I wasn't, I wasn't naive to the fact that there will be aspects of Korean culture and Korean society that I wouldn't like. Like I said, I've been into it, very interested in it for four years prior to me actually going, so when I'm interested in something, I want to know the good and the bad. So I was like, yeah, I need to see what's going on because there's a possibility that my experience won't be as great as I want it to be. So I wasn't naive. But the thing is, when it comes to going on a new adventure, you can only prepare so much. <laughs> And I did not realize that there were parts of me that wasn't ready for a new adventure such as that. Like completely taking myself out of a situation that I was slick unsatisfied with, but I was familiar with. And putting myself in a situation where I wasn't familiar at all, but I was like really hyped for so I didn't realize that when I went on my new adventure to the point where when I actually got to the country and got settled into my Airbnb, I was so overwhelmed. I was thinking to myself, no, I, I don't think I can do this. I really don't think I can do this and I need to go home. Like I was I don't know if I did tell my mom or if I wanted to tell my mom that I wanted to come home. <laughs> I was there for not even two hours and I was already thinking about calling my mom and say, if, I don't remember if I did or not, but calling my mom and say, hey, so I don't want to be here. <laughs> It's so crazy. 
because I wasn't aware of the fact that I would truly be alone because the excitement of a new adventure totally covered that and it was something I never dealt with before but um, like I said that's not the point like the feelings of being alone I can talk about that another time because it's a very interesting concept but you know um, there's just so much but it's just something about a new adventure and the reason I say that is because the next time I traveled by myself, solo traveled, it was a lot better. It was so better. Like I, I had experienced what being alone meant and I was prepared for that. And so I took, I took my time when I traveled and it I felt more settled inside of me, like emotionally and who I was as a person to actually go and experience. Like I wasn't self-conscious. I wasn't doubting myself as much like I did the first time. Oh my gosh. Like it's outgoing. When we go to the ocean, I'll probably, yeah. When we travel to the ocean, then I think I'll be more open to share that. Yeah, let's do it then. But when I went the second time, I went to Japan and then I went to Korea. So another new country, never been there before. Didn't know as much as I did with Korea, but I still wanted to go. So that was a new experience as well. And it was a great adventure because nothing went right. <laughs> nothing went right. It was so crazy. Everything that I prepared had crumbled away while I was in Japan. And I was feeling so... I wasn't really feeling bad about myself, but I was feeling bad about my circumstance. But... I was able to find like silver lining and honestly I highly recommend anybody who is in Japan or is going to Japan to go to the countryside. I went to Itoshima and that was the cutest little town by the ocean. It was so peaceful. I had to find peace. I really did because if I didn't. I would have lost my mind in Japan. <laughs> I would have lost my mind in Japan. But I found peace within the sounds of the ocean, within the crashing of waves, within the fresh air. It was so fresh. It smelled of ocean, obviously, but I felt so free at that time. And that's what I was looking for. I wanted to feel the sense of freedom that I wasn't able to get before. So it's like the sense of freedom, like that's what a new adventure, that's what the major adventures in my life, my milestones, like traveling, that's what it did for me. I felt like I could be myself 
I because I constantly had to face myself. I had to face myself, like all of myself. When I say all of myself, like the good parts and then the bad parts, the annoying parts, especially going to a country where you can't speak the language, you have to spend time with yourself. So there's a lot of things that come up, right? And I had to face the image that I put out into the world and how people see me. I had to face the image that I put out to other people and I had to accept that. Um, it's quite easy for me to forget my image or not really care about it while I'm at home because it's more, I have an attitude of, you know, they can think whatever they want to think. And I still have that. <laughs> I still have that. Especially when it comes to like strangers, people that I don't really like talk to or interact with at all. But for those who do interact with me and those who build a connection with me, no matter the level or type of connection, taking consideration of how people see me and accepting it for what it is was something that I really never thought about until I started to travel. Oh, there it is. We've made it. Oh, gosh, we were walking for so long. Hey, let's sit down over there. I know I talked about like major events or major adventures before but I think there's also well I believe there's also little adventures that we as people go through every day like it's a journey you know it's an experience again an unusual or what was it <laughs> an exciting or unusual experience. Little adventures or the journeys that we take as people. It's like those, when I traveled, it was like a milestone in my life that was tangible milestones in my life. Like I'm thinking right now, like there's milestones that I've reached within myself that I think can be called adventures as well. They're not very exciting, but they're unusual, I guess, or they have a lot of risk involved, I feel, because, for example, standing up for myself in a professional workplace was something very unusual for me because before Here's how I processed it. I was like, well, I, I really don't care too much about the place. So if something happens, um, if like somebody says someone has any microaggression or they say something that is slick, out of pocket, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> I'd, I'd either like let it go because I no, for real. I I let it go because I didn't care about being there in the first place. Like, whatever problem or issue or 
the passive aggressiveness that they had didn't matter because I was just there to do my job and go home. So I felt like I never really stood up for myself, especially when it came to like a supervisor or a manager or a coworker that's been there longer than me. I never really stood up for myself because I, I was very apathetic to the whole situation. So when it actually happened for the first time recently, um, last year, it was a new experience. It was a new feeling. It was very unusual because even though I was resigning very soon, I still stood up for myself because I believed that it doesn't matter who it is, but nobody deserves to be disrespected at all, but especially if they didn't do anything wrong. So I stood up for myself in a way that I never did before. And when when I was in but it was more than just standing up for myself, like standing strong and standing true to what I believed in, no matter what was pushed my way afterwards. I felt disrespected and mistreated. I said something about it. And when they tried to retaliate, it was a manager, supervisor, tried to retaliate. I respectfully, I, I believe it was respectfully because I'm not really a disrespectful person because I don't want to be disrespected. So I stood by what I said and I made sure that they knew that they couldn't talk to me, that they shouldn't and they wouldn't talk to me in a disrespectful manner. Ah, that was, it felt really good to stand up for myself in a way that I never did before. And that's why I call it a journey because it took time to get there. It took different experiences leading up to that moment to where I said, hey, listen, I've had this experience before and that's not okay. But guess what? I'm going to address it. <laughs> Another thing that's wild to me is going back to a skill or a or a hobby that you used to do and that you used to do well. That is wild to me. I recently started to draw more. I used to draw a lot. I used to do a lot of things in the creative arts, but when I was younger, but I recently, like in the past year or so, got back into drawing and painting and after not doing it for, I want to say, six years, oh my gosh, well, let me not say six years, I kind of did it a little bit in college but I did it my last year so after not doing it for four years and then revisiting it as not as a project or class but as an actual 
I find this relaxing and I find joy in doing it, so I want to continue doing it. How I drew when I first started really taking on drawing and art as a hobby recently compared to the the state I left my skill in back when I was in high school. The difference is well the difference was crazy. I was I was so disappointed in myself. I had that I had that conversation where with myself. I had that conversation with myself saying, Wow, you badass suck. <laughs> Uh, you are not as good as you were before what is like I, I felt so unmotivated and I felt disappointed with myself because I let go of a skill that I truly to the core of my being enjoyed so much that I was at peace it didn't matter where I was if I was drawing or anything, I was so at peace that I would like hum. I would, I would be so happy, but I was so at peace. And coming back to that hobby, I didn't think that I was going to push out a 30 by 40 piece of realistic, of a self-portrait or a realistic bowl of fruit in charcoal after four years for four to six years of not doing art continuously like I, I was not that bold to assume but I thought that because I did it so often before that I would have muscle memory in some sort of sense coming to terms or coming to face the fact that something I love so dearly in the skills that I had I didn't have them anymore and that I basically, I mean, I didn't really have to start from zero, but I have to start at the beginning. And so that's, that's where I felt was a journey to get to where I am now. Me having to start from a novice level or a beginner's level. I feel like I'm, I'm still in this journey. I'm still in this adventure of finding my my handle of art again because how I view art is slightly different than how I viewed it before. So it's an adventure that I am still on and I think it's I think that's why I call it an adventure. Like it's a minor or a mini adventure because I get excited each and every time. I pick up a pencil to draw or I haven't gone back to paint I'm still kind of I gave myself a little traumatic experience with the paint I'm not gonna lie I'll get back to it but just not right now but um yeah picking up a pencil to draw again it still excites me I think another adventure that not only myself but you and anybody else in this world that we go on that we're constantly on is accepting us for who we are 
like accepting ourselves for who we are. That is an adventure that has so many twists and turns and that you still don't see the end. If I can put it into words to help you visualize. So, you know, in the sky, when the sun rises, it is light on one side of the sky and dark on the other side. So walking towards the dark part even though everything behind you is a sunrise. Not meaning that the sunrise was always positive, it's just symbolizes a rebirth. That everything that got you into this place now, like everything that has happened, all the experiences and memories and things like that, they've gotten to where you are now. So you're always on this the cusp, the precipice, Look at me trying to like vocabulary words. I don't even know if precipice is the right word. <laughs> Always on the cusp, on the edge of going into the unknown and being reborn at the same time. Because it's every step, every step of your acceptance is just a new start. Because there's something else that you have to accept too. It's a lifelong journey and a lifelong adventure because we as people, we change a lot more than we give ourselves credit for or we recognize. We change constantly. And so with each change comes almost like an evaluation. Well, this is how I'm, this is how I rationalize it in my head. It's almost an evaluation of who you were then to who you are right now after this change has happened. So your lifelong adventure of acceptance is walking with your back against the sunrise into the world unknown, but always knowing that what's behind you is bright. Not necessarily because of experiences, but because you've gotten to a point where you're content with what has happened. So contentment and acceptance has brought you to this point and so you can go forward without worrying about what's behind you because what's behind you is bathed in beautiful bronzy sunlight <laughs> bronzy rosy whichever word that you want to use sunlight wow we've been here for a while and it's starting to get chillier, so let's head back because I don't want to get sick. Hey, I have a question. What does home mean to you? You know, the concept of home is interesting to me. It's literally defined as 
the place in which one's domestic affections are centered. But to me, home is more than just a place. I believe it's a feeling. One you get when you feel content with an accumulation of events and memories. Like my hometown, while it's filled with different memories, being in the actual city or being in my actual hometown doesn't really give me a sense of home. It's like the warm and fuzzy sense, like the warm and fuzzy feelings, the ones of like acceptance. Like being in the city doesn't give me that. It's familiar, I'd say, very familiar. And it's a place that I can go back into a routine that I'm comfortable with. I wouldn't say that my hometown is one that I missed when I traveled. I missed my family, so that's different. I definitely missed my family and I missed my friends because when you travel, you have to deal with time differences and different ways of communication that's not convenient at times. So it's a little bit harder to stay in contact. It's not impossible, but it is a little bit more difficult, I will say. But that that's different. I missed I missed those people and I miss creating memories, experiencing new things with those people. Not exactly my hometown, if that makes sense. The best way I can describe it is, there was this YouTube video that I was watching from a creator named Damon Dominique, and he he does traveling. He's been traveling for a very long time, but he is currently in France. And how he described it, this type of feeling was when he came back home, because he's from the U.S., when he came back home to the U.S., it didn't excite him. It didn't bring him, in the, in the very popular words of Marie Kondo, it did not spark joy with him <laughs> as it did when he returned back to France, to Paris, which he currently lives in, you know, like it's a different feeling than his actual hometown. And when I saw that video and heard him say that, it clicked in my mind, that's how I felt. That my city, that the the place that I'm from isn't considered home to me anymore. Even though the people I love are still here, that I care for are still here. And the memories that I made and experiences that I had were very fond to me. But my concept of home has changed. It's not just 
a place where I was born and raised anymore, but it's more of it's more of a feeling. Home isn't is intangible to me now because I can place it on anywhere if it reminds me of this feeling. To the point where honestly, I've only been to I've told you before about my adventures that I went to Korea for study abroad and then I went again later. And the second time I went to Korea was there I was overwhelmed with emotions and I was so excited to be back in a place that was so dear to me. Because I mean I told you before that I was gonna tell you more about that experience, but when I left the first time, I didn't have positive feelings about Korea. Um, not because I felt at that time that my experience, I was disappointed in my experience, but, but because of the type of person I am, I reflect on a lot of, ex on, I reflect on my experiences and I take in a deeper consideration of the feelings I had while I was experiencing things. And I came to a realization that I, I liked Korea a lot more than I thought I did. And so when I went back to it the second time, that feeling of home came. And honestly, people would say, because I actually had someone say this to me, I was only in this country for a short amount of time. How can this feel like home to you? And my answer to that would be, because even with all of the negative, even all of the negative experiences that I had or the aspects of the culture and society that don't, that doesn't quite match the ones that I, that I've had, like from my own culture, in society that I've like that I'm used to which is like culture and society in the US even though it doesn't match I still have this feeling of content with being there I'm excited to be there I'm excited to just even walking just even walk outside taking a walk around different parts of the neighborhood and I know it can sound like, well, it's because you're new to the place, so these types of things won't feel so new to you if you stay there for longer. And that may be true. Who knows? Because I haven't stayed there for that much long. Because I haven't stayed there for too long. But... The example I have is the place that I went to school, the town that I went to school in. I stayed there for four years. 
and the town didn't have a lot of things popping with it let's be honest but it was different from my hometown and I found joy with being there and I stayed there for four years right so even though there wasn't a lot of a lot going on I'd prefer back then I prefer to be there than to be back at home and that's where that feeling like it's a feeling of being okay with where you are if I don't find myself finding different ways to leave a place I know that that specific place is a home to me and I feel like I can have several different homes. That's just me. But while while we're already here and I feel like I've talked your ear off. I feel like I've talked your ear off enough. But, um, well, and I know I gave up. I, I, I ended so, we got here so quickly. I ended so abruptly. But um, this is where we part. And um, thank you. Thank you so much for hearing me out and sitting with me by the river in this cold, cold weather. (laughs) Thank you again for tuning in to Midnight With Me, Maya Janelle. I've enjoyed this time together and I hope you all have as well. Don't forget if you want to continue the conversation because I feel like I did kind of cut out at the end there (laughs) or even start a new one with me. I'm all ears. Message me on my Instagram and Twitter, both of which are at Maya Janelle. If you're using the Anchor app to listen to the podcast, you can leave me voice messages on the actual episode. So look for that because I want to hear from you guys. Also, Midnight with Maya Janelle is a bi-weekly podcast. You can tune in every other Saturday, 12 a.m. Central Standard Time. I forgot to mention it in my previous episode, so I wanted to make sure that I said it this time. (laughs) That's all from me tonight. I hope you'll join me again when the moon is high and you need a friend. Sweet dreams. Sweet dreams.